0: good Friday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida.
3: And I am Lisa Wysocki from Ashland City, Tennessee, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 4th, episode 2697. This episode is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, horse world.
2: she talks about them, dreams about him, thinks about him all the time. She's got to have them, be lost
4: without them. You can see it in her
0: eyes. What is it? What is it with girls and horses? Well, there's a little Templeton Thompson to start your day, and I played that for a reason, and you're going to find out why in a minute. Lisa Waisaki is here because Jamie is off in North Dakota at the North Dakota Horse Expo, and we're going to be talking in a few minutes, pretty soon, right away, to Debbie Laux, who is up there, of course, host of Horsemanship Radio. She's up there with Jamie, and we're going to get a live report. That's exciting. Yes. And you actually, your mother lives up in the Great North, too.
3: Yes. Actually, in, in Minnesota, I'm up there all the time. Actually, I'm flying up there tomorrow to look at a horse that somebody might want to donate to Colby's Army. And um, so it's very hot throughout that whole area. So I hope everybody drinks a lot of beverages at the horse fair, because it's going to be uh, brutal. It was
0: 89 in Ocala yesterday and 101 in North Dakota.
3: Yes. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. I know. I'm looking at this horse on set sa- on Sunday. It's supposed to be 100 degrees and um, like, zero, like zero cloud cover. So I'm going, Oh, great. It's going to be a really short ride.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, coming up on today's show, we have New York Times bestselling author Elizabeth Letts, and she's coming back on to talk about her new book, The Ride of Her Life. And, of course, Debbie's going to report live from North Dakota, and we're going to announce winners of the almost $500 in Horselovers.com prizes for the month of May for Really Bad Ads, and we have a new batch of Really Bad Ads for you as well. But we have a lot to do in today's show, so let's get right to the Daily Winnie's. Well, my daily Winnie, of course, is always one of these. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy
1: birthday to you.
0: (laughs) And we have a bunch of auditor birthdays this weekend. Mogi Bearden-Muller, who, by the way, is an ex-fellow horse lover's cruiser. Uh, Jordan uh, Manfredi. Manfredi? Never know how to say her name. Sorry, Jordan. As you know, Jordan, if I screw up your name, it's a badge of honor. Uh Chantel yeah. Cray Mellison and uh Jane Hench and Desiree Johnson all have birthdays. And Chantel, I miss you. We used to hang out together. We worked together for a long time. And we used to go to shows together and stuff. And uh, I miss hanging out with you, girl. Let's uh let's do that again sometime soon. When we're when we come through Pennsylvania, we we're definitely gonna get to see you, Chantel. And it now it is your turn.
3: So my daily when he goes to a, a woman whose name I can't name on the air, but, um, you know, at Colby's Army, we have this new pilot program where we're uh, working with um, formerly homeless individuals who have recently been housed. And we have one young woman who's in her 30s. She was homeless for 10 years due to some huge trauma that happened to her as a teenager and caused some mental illness and lots of other problems. Anyway, a lot of health problems. She was on a liver transplant uh, list as of December. She got housed. She's been coming out to Colby's Army to, uh, to to learn about horses and life skills and ride, and she is off the liver transplant list. She has been sober for six months. She is now doing a posting trot. She knows all about Uh, horse behavior. And she's uh, just has an amazing transformation. And I think, you know, we just forget how, how helpful horses can be, no matter what we're going through, that horses can help all of our problems. And I just wanted to give a shout out to her.
0: Very good. And I wanted to say, before we get to Debbie, who I think is waiting for us now, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit and make an announcement here. We, you know, we've been talking about the roadshow that we're going to be doing for five weeks here at the end of July. We're doing the test week next week, so we're going to see some of our listeners over the weekend. and It's very exciting. Tomorrow our first stop is going to be at Alex's house at her farm in Georgia, and I hear Courtney's coming, and she's an auditor also, so So they're our first stop on all of this adventure, and then we're going to be heading up to Southern Pines, we're going to be going to Aiken, apparently we're going to a polo match, we're doing carriage rides, and we're going to be bringing all of that to you on horses in the morning next week. I
3: want to come.
0: I know. It sounds like (laughs) fun. I hope it's fun. It should be fun. We've been packing the RV today and getting ready to roll out tomorrow morning, but... On the real trip, the five week big one, this is practice for that one. um, We're going to, one of the first stops we're going to be making is in Tennessee at Lisa's Place at Colby's Army. And we're going to be doing a fundraiser in the form of a concert. And it's a live concert. People that live in that area can come out and watch, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be at um, uh, the livery stable, which is an actual. Livery stable from 100 years ago in Pleasant View, Tennessee. It's about 20 miles northwest of Nashville. Templeton Thompson is going to be there. Uh, we're going to have some surprise songwriter guests. And um, ahead of that, we're going to have a, a really fun tour of Colby's Army. And we're going to have some prizes. And um, probably the prizes are maybe a, just a grade upwards from the box of crap that. Everybody might be familiar with. <laughs> and, and it's just going to be so it's much gonna fun. It's going to be Lisa's box of crap. It's <laughs> Lisa's box of crap, yeah. <laughs> so um, so we're just going to have so much fun. And and if you can't come, Glenn, I think you're. we're going to be broadcasting it, yes, right?
0: Yes, we're going to be broadcasting it because we know not everybody can get to Nashville. Uh, at the. And this is going to be August 4th, by the way. It's a Wednesday night. And so, uh, and as we said, it's going to be just north of Nashville. uh, And it is August 4th. So we hope that you can make it. We'll be putting more announcements out about it. But if you can't, we're going to be broadcasting it live. So you'll be able to watch from home and join in and have some fun with us. Uh, I think it's just going to be a great night. And of course, Templeton and Sam will be there. They're yep. favorites of ours. We've been supporting Templeton and she's been supporting us since we started this whole thing 12 years ago. So, uh, and of course, I think nobody's played more Templeton songs over the years than we have. And that's, uh, that's her girls and horses song. Yeah. That you heard earlier <laughs> in the show. Well, we're very excited about seeing you, Lisa. We've not been to Colby's army before. Uh, no, your therapeutic no, riding center. So that'll be a first.
3: It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So, so we might get you in the creek, Glenn. So bring your, bring your swim shoes. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> why am I worried about you? Actually, I, I am kind of worried. Be. You should be worried. So. <laughs> I, uh, by the way, we need a place to park our camper because we'll be staying with you, too. So just yes, that's okay.
3: We've, we've got that. We've got 54 acres. Okay, so.
0: okay. <laughs> I want to let you know. <laughs> All right, let's what? hear from Kentucky Performance Products, and then uh, we're going to get Debbie on the line live from North Dakota. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
1: The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Electrolytes. Who needs them? Your horse, that's who. Electrolytes perform critical functions within your horse's body. They help regulate nerve and muscle functions by carrying electrical impulses between cells. In addition, electrolytes assist the body in maintaining a healthy fluid balance by controlling your horse's desire to drink. When your horse loses significant amounts of electrolytes and fluids, problems such as dehydration, muscle cramping, fatigue, tying up, and colic may occur. Even in mild forms, these conditions can have a negative impact on your horse's ability to perform and recover after exercise. Top riders and veterinarians turn to Summer Games Electrolyte to keep their horse healthy in hot weather, and you can too. Summer Games replenishes the electrolytes and trace minerals lost when your horse sweats, and it stimulates the thirst response so your horse continues to drink and stay properly hydrated. So when the going gets hot, trust Summer Games Electrolyte from Kentucky Performance Products to protect your horse.
0: This nutritional minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, coming to us live from the North Dakota Horse Expo is Debbie Laux. Hi, Debbie.
4: Hi, Quinn. How are you? I'm Good. Glad to have you on.
0: Well, yeah. Debbie, of course, is the host it's of.
4: i live.
0: Debbie, of course, is the host of Horsemanship Radio, and she is up there with Jamie. You've all heard Jamie talking about going there to put on some clinics, and Debbie's there to keep an eye on her. Uh. Right. Um, <laughs> what
4: happens in North Dakota stays in North Dakota.
0: <laughs> I don't know. We've had some early reports, so I don't know if that's exactly so, true, yeah. actually. <laughs>
4: so, don't listen to God. Don't don't see the trolls, as they say. Don't see the trolls. So, <laughs> so yeah, no, but here's the weird part. Like, I'm thinking North Dakota. Like, not South Dakota. North Dakota. I got to pack, like, long johns and cold. and so it's, It was over 100 degrees at yes. about 5 o'clock last night. Oh, that's my
0: good. God. It's, yeah. Wow. But it's a dry heat.
3: Oh. Well, that's... <laughs> is it Phoenix? <laughs> it doesn't look like Phoenix. <laughs>
0: so what's it like there other than it's very hot? What's, what's, what's the expo like in North Dakota?
4: It's actually pretty cool. It's a really modern building and a beautiful arena and uh, tons of people. I, I feel like uh, naked going out in public because nobody's wearing masks, and I'm wearing a mask. and So that's really nice, all kinds of crowds, and, yeah, it's really cool. I, I think Jamie's going to have a ton of fun. There's four demos a day that she's putting on. Um, they're working her little tail off, and uh, we saw the work. We uploaded the horses last night. Um, don't look at Facebook. And we uh, got to meet them all, and we and Jamie put a couple in the round pen this morning, worked them a little bit just to see if they were sound, you know. But they're right off the track, and um, they look it. And they came in a stock, you know, trailer yesterday and loose. <laughs> <laughs> so it was. It's nice. It's nice to see them going to new homes. You know, that's what they're here for—adoption.
3: You know, Debbie, it's really exciting for me to to kind of watch this from afar because I know Jamie's working with Dr. Bowman's horses, and my fourth Cat Enright book was set at Canterbury Park, and Dr. Bowman is a big part of Canterbury Park, right. and so I I've just I know the great work that he's doing with these um, thoroughbred rescues, and so I'm so excited that Jamie's getting to work with some of them.
4: Oh, crazy! That's crazy, Lisa. Well, yeah, thank you, and and good to hear your voice too. I'm glad to hear you. Uh, yeah, that's. That's crazy, and she happens to know Jamie happens to know one of the owners of one of these horses. It wow! I mean,
1: it's
0: just
4: crazy circle of life going on here. But it's
0: fun. So this is interesting. It kind of reminds me of Road to the Horse, Debbie, where they get them off the trailer, and you know that you know not much has been done with them, and and she's got three days. It's just like Road to the Horse.
4: It, 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 pretty much. I mean, they're, she's doing some little jumping demonstration or something, but she did say. Gosh, not too many hundred jumpers in North Dakota. I'm not sure how popular that will be, but I'm sure. She'll <laughs> the transi- be in funny clothes for that one. Are
0: yeah, they wearing Western uh, saddles yeah. for their jumping demonstration today?
4: Well, uh, <laughs> maybe they're about Who you knows? Just, <laughs> just, just take it all off. But I, it's going to be fun to watch what she does with that. But, um, you know, the transition horse thing is getting hugely popular. So I have a feeling that where the crowds will be going is to watch these thoroughbreds mm-hmm. progress over the next three days. Yeah.
0: All right. So tell us, uh, you know, because you know, it's just us. Um, is she nervous? You know, is she excited, nervous, or all of the above?
4: I think she's more excited than nervous. Um, yeah. No, she was. She was. You know, Jamie. She's in a blowfly in a blow in her jug, right? Yep. <laughs> she's a little, a whirling dervish around here, you know, but. We had some Thai food last night and chilled out, and it was really nice. So I think she's ready. I think she's more than ready. She's been talking about this thing for months, and probably good just to get it past her. But I feel like she's, this is like her coming out party as a clinician, which is pretty fun.
0: It is, really. It's, you know, she's she hasn't done one of these like this before in Monty style, because this is truly Monty style here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Pretty much. I mean, Dad. Dad will do a horse selection, you know, so he'll talk to the owners and know a little bit more about the horses. So in some ways, it's a little more blind, even than the way Dad does it. And Dad was kind of spearheaded that. No, I don't bring my trained ponies to these things. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> I just take them at where I get them, and and she's doing that. But in phase with these transition horses, because that's what a transition horse is. You just take them as they come off the track, and um, once fourteen, most of them are a lot younger than that five seven something like that but i'm sure she'll give you a download about them they're they're really beautiful they pretty you know for for the condition that they've been dumped here you know they um uh the the bowman you can't thank them enough though for what they're doing yes um how they raise funds to put hay out there for them and uh morgan is just joined at the hip with all these horses she knows them all she's been looking after them. And, you know, they drove five hours to be here yesterday and um, completely committed to helping these horses get past. So um, I think it's going to be a great team.
0: Well, uh, for listeners, Jamie will be back next Wednesday, and I'm sure we'll hear all about it on the show next Wednesday. But in the meantime, talk about helping horses. You have the Movement 2021 coming up in California at the farm. Tell us about that.
4: Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about it. It's our fourth annual. And you know, last year we did it live streaming. This year, I always got to put the, the context up up front because I'll forget to say that it's June, 18, 19, and 20. And um, it'll be in Solvang, California at Flag is Up Farms again. And yes, they can find it at the movement2021.com. This year's theme is transitions, get it, transformations, and trailblazers. <laughs> And so, and, you know, I love alliteration, and Nellie Kennedy and I are, you know, we're co-conspirators here in this thing, and we've just been having fun. Last year, we had already set up Temple Grandin and all the presenters, Dr. Siemens. Uh, your listeners will know Dr. Siemens, yep. genius, um, and he did a whole thing on uh, equine vision and and how it affects equine behavior and all that. So that was it. Was it was really fun, but what? what we had to do was pivot and do a live stream. And we partnered with Horse and Country TV and we had Jamie there and Dr. Siemens there and a few of the presenters, but the other presenters like Temple Grandin um, phoned in. Well, no, actually they did a live stream. in, so They set her up in her kitchen with a webcam and um, she had a big screen on our round pen and that she could see us and we could see her and dad could talk to her and Dr. Siemens could talk to her and Jamie could talk to her. And um, that was fun. And then we also had another live stream uh, clinician from England. She did it on chiropractic, and last um, but not least was Germany. <laughs> a Little time difference there, <laughs> and she did a whole thing on moving horses and energy, and it was really, really cool. And I think at the time we were not so, you know, screen weary, and we were just happy to see another horse event happen instead of being canceled. So it was really fun. But this year we thought, okay, we're going to go the opposite. We're going to Come really quiet. We don't know how people are going to accept COVID. So we've limited this one to 50 VIPs only. And we're going completely high-end, hands-on. It's going to be really fun. So we've got half of, we've got an A and a B group of horses. We've got transition horses who so will work for three days, kind of like Jamie's doing here. Uh, but some of them have been there now. Um, we got two in last week, but they're OTTBs and they will be going through the transition program. What say, is imperative for them to impart our farm, Flag is Up Farms, with um, some talents and abilities, like coming to the mounting block. You know how Jamie does that so well. That's definitely one of our tick the boxes, but it's a lot of things about becoming more chill. We put them in the pastures. We don't put them in stalls. Um, yeah, we've got some riders working them, so they're all ridden, and so it's really fun. The other, the, the A and B is gentling wild horses, so we go all the way to the pure language of Equus, and we have some muffins coming in from New Mexico that are my strip mine horses. You know the ones they turn out for some reason out on the um, strip mines? Right, really yeah. Survive. Yeah, so we've got some of those coming in completely feral. <laughs> it's going to be quite the, and that'll be in the gentling facility that we have there. Glenn, you remember that? Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, so that was really two years ago at the movement, that was sort of the rock star moment when we got to see coffee and cream gentle over three days and um, how they came around so quickly once they found out that humans were not awful people. Sometimes those wildest ones are the most, uh, I don't know, they come around the quickest because they haven't actually been abused or you know, nothing really fractious has happened with them and humans. So those are really interesting to watch in the pure language of equus. And then the OTTBs are, um, of course, as we said, you take them the way they
0: come. You never know. But
3: yeah, um, they have a lot of baggage sometimes. Come.
0: And now, so
3: sometimes.
0: so I'm confused about one thing. Will it still be streamed so people can watch it at home? No.
3: Sorry.
4: We, nope. We're okay. cutting off all the streaming. Sorry. No more screens. So, but, <laughs> but you know us. We film everything, right? And so we'll have it up on Vimeo. This will be our fourth Vimeo installment. So people can go on our website, MontyRoberts.com, and they can look at the trailers. They can look at Jamie Jennings uh, teaching a Cremolo stallion to come to the mounting block. And that's the one that the queen watched. Did I tell you that?
0: No, I didn't know which one she watched.
4: Yeah, well, she, I probably watched more than one. But the one that she kept talking about was, you got to teach, my, my teach all my horses. I'm not going to do an English accent. You've got to teach all my horses. <laughs> How to come to the Mounting Block, Monty. I watched Jamie and Debbie and you do that um, with a stallion, and I loved it so much. So anyway.
0: uh, Now we know what the queen does in her free time. She watches you guys.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty cool. (laughs) So so we'll film it, and we'll have it up there on Vimeo. Hey, speaking of the queen, you want a little hot
0: Oh, yeah, 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 gossip? Coming
4: out People Magazine. They do the People, People, um, I think it's a quarterly on the royals. And um, there might be somebody whose initials are Monty Roberts in it. Yeah. Um, this one that comes out next week in the US, I think. Oh, cool.
0: Very cool. So, yeah, That's there's a
4: little
3: tip.
0: I got it. By the way, yeah. that website is the movement2021.com. Um, and I, I want to say yeah. something here when J- Jamie's not here because, you know, I've been working with her for 10 years. Um, and yeah. we kind of have this kind of uh, relationship where we pick on each other a lot. So I'm saying this when she isn't here. I'm very proud of her, by the all way. Right. I'm all really right. proud of her. Jamie,
4: Jamie's
0: not here. No, no. <laughs> she's
4: right
0: behind me. Is she? <laughs> I am really proud of what she's done over the years here and she's I'm worked hard to get her, to the yes. point where she is today. So uh, we're all very proud of her and you we tell her, can. you can tell her I said that. Yeah, all right. I just, You know, she's going to hold it against me. I mean,
4: I know it's too embarrassing to say to her face.
0: I will never say that to her face.
4: (laughs) 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 But the alliteration, remember the alliteration, transitions, transformations, and trailblazers. Well, you want to hear who the trailblazers are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I will do it in the countdown mode. Ashley Avis, she's a filmmaker, and she did for Disney this last fall, Black Beauty. Um, she is a mover and shaker in Hollywood, and she's now working on a documentary about uh, Mustangs. And so she's got, you know, the, the Black Beauty had Kate Winslet, Mackenzie Foy, and Ian Glenn, You know, it's, mm-hmm. she, she's a powerhouse. And she's coming to talk about the documentary and to watch our Horse of the Gentling. And then we've got Jamie Jennings, who <laughs> is the horse trainer. And she's from Norman, Oklahoma. And she,
0: uh, and what, what does she know? You got an Oklahoma person there?
1: Jeez.
4: <laughs> Exactly. Well, she's got two podcasts now, and <laughs> is, she's the Trainer of the Year, so she's got Chris. And she's got the Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II certificate now, too, so she is a translator. And then we've got Marty Irby, you know him, yep. the Executive Director of Animal Wellness Action in Washington, and he is leading the charge to bring the end to the practice of soaring on the walking horses, you know. And then, and he's coming to talk about uh, the that's P-A-C-T, Path to Act. You know, not Path, but Pack to Act. And then uh, then there's Dad. He's got Monty Roberts is, um you know, going to be there mostly orchestrating the gentling because that's his fun thing. But he and Jamie are going to be doing a long lining demonstration together, which will be kind of fun. So teaching the, the uh, double line lunging or driving mm-hmm. and then to uh, obstacles. Yeah, we're calling it kind of like, I don't know, loosely I'm piloting it's like Liberty Two Point What do you think? I like it. Love it. I
0: like it. Well, yeah. we, ha- Debbie, we have to run, and I know you do too. Thank you for joining us today. Please have a funnel cake for me while you're there. Um.
4: Oh, I love funnel cake. I will. Okay,
0: good. Thank you for these two. And tell Jamie good <laughs> luck. We're good. we're rooting for her. All right.
4: Okay, Jamie. Good luck. We're rooting for you. Yeah, there's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bye, bye-bye, Debbie.
3: Bye, bye. Returning to the show, we have author Elizabeth Lutz, the number one New York Times bestselling author of The $80 Champion, about Harry Dallaire and Snowman, and one of Glenn's favorite horse books of all time, yes. The Perfect Horse, about the Honor Stallions rescued during World War II. But she has a new book out called The Ride of Her Life, and I absolutely cannot wait to read it. Elizabeth, welcome.
5: Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. I have to be honest. Horses in the Morning is my happy place.
0: Yay! Yay! You've been here a lot. We're glad to have you.
3: (laughs) We love that. We love that. And I am so excited to read your new book because this is a true story, another true story. Tell us about that.
5: It is. You know, this is the third. I'm going to call it the Elizabeth Letts trilogy. And I think, believe it or not, I think this may be my favorite of all of the characters. Uh, so this is a story about a woman named Annie Wilkins. She was a farmer in Maine, and she was sixty-three years old. and And she, her life had just kind of fallen apart. She got very sick and was given two to four years to live. And she lost her farm. and She had no family. She wasn't married. didn't have any children. Her parents were gone, but she did have a beloved little mutt whose name was Depeche French for "hurry up." Uh, which was <laughs> <the same thing. laughs> and you know what happened to her is they told her they told her you know time's up and we'll give you a spot in the charity home and she was a main Yankee and she didn't think much of charity so she had another idea she decided she wanted to see the Pacific Ocean just once before she died well she didn't have bus fare she'd never been on an airplane she didn't drive cars didn't own a car Uh, so she decided she would get a horse and see if she could ride um Got herself a horse in Tarzan. He was a, an ex-trotter, uh, um, a Morgan horse. Um, very, very inexpensive. <laughs> uh, and uh, headed out for Maine in November. Oh, my goodness.
0: And this, I wanted to clarify, too, this is in the 1954,
5: was it? 1954 is when she set out, yes. Wow.
3: Oh, I was going to ask about the time frame.
0: Well, you know and what's so- interesting about that time, I think, is that highways were just becoming a thing. I mean... They- They were building them like crazy at that point, right?
5: That's right. And so you really hit the nail on the head. What was so fascinating to me about this book is interwoven with the story of Annie and her relationship with her animals and her relationship with herself. Um, We also have this incredibly interesting time in American history where what you're seeing is that shift from a small town and agrarian country that we used to be to a country that was full of uh, cars. And the Interstate Highway Act was passed by Eisenhower in 1956, right about the time that Annie arrived in California. So uh, we're seeing this kind of last moment when we really were another, another place. And you can see all the changes that are coming on the horizon.
3: Wow. I, I have so many uh, questions for you. <laughs> My mind's just spinning. So, um, so number one, obviously, she didn't die in like four or five months. She, she lived to see the Pacific Ocean.
5: Yeah. And I think it's not a spoiler to say that, you know, she, she, it's the story's really about her journey, but it was, it was funny. She was diagnosed, she had tuberculosis um, mm. and she also, she had had a very, very bad bout of pneumonia. She also apparently had emphysema. She had lung problems. And, um, you know, but of course this is 1954. They didn't know as much about medicine as mm-hmm. they do now. And there was something about this ride and, you really feel it. I mean, boy, there is nothing like getting on the back of the horse and going that really can make people feel better. I mean, we certainly all know that.
3: Yes, yes. And so how did you find her? How did you discover her story? You know, I I was about, uh, it must
5: have been more than 10 years ago now, I was given a fellowship at the National Sporting Library in, uh, in Virginia, in Middleburg, which is our country's premier uh, equestrian library and it was such an opportunity for me i was researching the 80 dollar champion at the time but i have all these kids and you know i was was the first time i'd ever really been away by myself for a month to have time to myself i think i read every book in that library and oddly (laughs) enough i found both the perfect tourist story and this annie story um then when i was writing the 80 dollars champion
0: wow how did That's you amazing. research it? Because everybody around her had to not be here anymore.
5: It was pretty challenging to research, you know, but but honestly, the, the World War II story, The Perfect Horse, was also challenging That's true. in a different way. It's just long enough ago that, that the primary people who I talk about in the book are gone. Uh, with Annie, I did find people who had met her along her journey. Um, oh. and they were They were children at the time. And so Annie would go from town to town, pretty much relying on the kindness of strangers. And by tracking down old newspaper articles, I was back in the old days, you know, it was an event when somebody came to town. And also they would mention exactly where she went. So it would say, you know, Annie stopped at the home of Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Smith, who lived on four fourteen Chestnut Street, yes, and that <laughs> was enough for me to go on. You know, so I and had apple
0: pie and uh, yeah. <laughs> meatloaf. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
5: someone who interviewed me yesterday mentioned that she couldn't believe how thematic the pie was. Everywhere she went, she ate pie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so it, it so that's how I found. So I ended up, I did end up finding people, and of course, it was very memorable to them because she was. She rides into town. She's got her horse. Eventually, she had two horses. She had her dog riding along with her. Uh, she dressed in men's clothes. She and, and she was a very warm, engaging, funny person. Um, the people who met her uniformly said that they just loved her. I guess she was just a very,
3: uh, I don't know, lively, fun, and interesting person. Wow. Now, had she been a horse person before she started all of this? Well,
5: that's the interesting thing about her, um, because she was a farm woman, and I I actually had the opportunity to have a chat with uh, Denny Emerson from Tamarack Hill Farm um, recently this week. uh, We were talking about the book, and he was so interesting about that. He said, you know, if you were born, she was born in 1890, and you lived in New England, and you lived on the farm, you were a horse person. She said she was born and grew up around people who knew how to. Uh, hitch up a horse how to tack up a horse how to care for a horse it was just part of their general knowledge so in that sense yes in the sense of was she an equestrian absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) you know i think part of what makes the story so so relatable um so many of us i mean myself i'm a i'm an adult rewriter so i was a competitive writer in my youth um and then you know with the demands of life i i gave it up during that that Busy midlife period, and then I took it up again. And I mean, you know, it's like most of us are more like Annie than than we are like Alois Podhajsky or mm-hmm. Harry Delayer. In
3: truth, you know, right, right. I just, I just think you know, for a woman of of her time frame, what what a brave thing that she did. I mean, now you know, I can see women or or men or anybody you know kind of doing something like that, but that was really a novel thing back then.
5: Oh Yes, and if there would be one thing I would like people to take from this story is Just do it. Just be brave that you know I wrote this book during the pandemic and I mean I did the research prior to the pandemic I drove all over the place with these vintage 1950s gas station maps trying to figure out where she went Um, but but when I was really absorbed in writing it I was in my house on lockdown And it was very liberating for me personally as a person to think about what she did because Mm -hmm. she was absolutely an ordinary person. I mean, she was short. She was kind of tubby. She was not especially beautiful. She was working class. She didn't have a lot of money. She'd worked hard her entire life. And what makes an ordinary person suddenly say, you know, no, I'm going to, not do what society expects of me, which is not much. I'm going to rise above it and do something extraordinary. Um, so my new mantra is, what would Annie do? You know, if I'm sort of <laughs> afraid to
3: do something, I'm like, why well, Annie would just do it? Right, right. It's just so amazing. Now, uh, so the orig- the first horse she had was, was a Morgan. What was the second horse she ended up with? Uh, the second one
5: was a Tennessee Walker that she picked up in Tennessee, Oh. And uh, the people, of it, he was given to her as a gift and they said, you know, uh, she w- she tried to buy him and they said, no, as long as you tell everybody about the great horses of, ten- of the state of Tennessee on your journey, uh, you can take him from us. And which she tried to be faithful about doing it. I think um, they were such a study in contrast. Um, Tarzan, who was her Morgan, was spooky and he was especially spooky around trucks. Well, She mostly rode along roadways. So you can imagine that that was, you know, and and Annie was not a skilled rider. She was a grab domain and hold on for dear life rider. Um, So she, but, but Rex had this, uh, Rex being the the Tennessee Walker, he had Mm -hmm. a completely different personality. He would amble along and he was absolutely good looking and four white stockings and a big white blaze. And he was a good hand or a hand and a half dollars in Tarzan. So they made quite a, quite a pair.
0: You know what this oh reminds goodness. me of, uh, Lisa? This reminds me of—I uh, don't know if you know the name Grandma Gatewood. I just read this book, and it's the no. same time oh, yeah. frame. Do you know her? Do you know, yeah. she. And,
5: you know what? I know the story. Yes. I never have read the
0: book. The book's great. She was 67. It was 1955, so the same time frame, and she hiked the Appalachian Trail when no woman ever hiked the Appalachian Trail. Plus, she was 67. She had no equipment. Uh-huh. She she was in sneakers, and she just hiked yep. uh, 2,000 miles on the Appalachian Trail. She was the first woman, uh, especially at her age, to do it. Um, And she apparently was this cantankerous, just, you know, she just was going to get it done. Uh, She was something else. She was a piece of work. But it just reminds me that, you know, there's two women at the same time frame who were pioneers, really.
1: Yeah,
5: that's really interesting. I think there's quite a parallel there. And, uh, of course, Annie had horses and a dog. So uh, but uh, yeah, well, they had they had hard lives, these women, really hard lives. You know, so yeah. to break out of that, it would really take something. Yeah, well, Grandma
0: you know, Gatewood, was—uh, she was the product of 40 years of abuse by her husband, and the book goes into a lot of that. And part of the reason she did it is he died, I think, and then she said, I need to do something for me, and that's what she did.
3: Really you interesting know, I- Yeah, I'm just wondering, you know, because you did the the World War II book, and I'm just wondering if World War II didn't have some kind of impact on both of those women because that seemed to be the point in history where women were taking over jobs that men had traditionally done and the men were all off at war and it kind of opened up a lot of doorways. And I wonder if if that type of adventure could have happened before World War II. Yeah,
5: that's a great question. I mean, obviously and you really see it with Annie's ride because she's riding at a horse pace the cha- the life uh, american life was really changing right then in the middle of the 1950s it really was and i would say with for Annie the more important event in her life was the great depression i mean they uh. were financially destroyed by the great depression these small family farmers and never really recovered and we do see that by the 1950s there was people were moving off family farms that droves. she being one of them um it, so you really see that and, and plus it was such a point of pride that she had this very strong american belief in the yeoman farmer that you could move out into the country and have your own place and support yourself by your own toil and boy she had spent a lifetime trying
3: Hmm. That's just amazing. I, I I just can't even imagine uh, riding from Maine to the Pacific Ocean. I mean, I I, I can't. I just can't even imagine. And you I,
0: know, I we just... didn't have the phone for GPS then, um, so you know, there's that.
5: <laughs> yeah. <right>? Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's such a good point. I mean, when Annie left, she had, and I don't know what Grandma Gatewood was, was whether she was the same, but she didn't have she didn't have a raincoat. She didn't have a flashlight. I mean, she didn't even have some of the things that you could get in the 1950s. She bought herself that saddle leather saddlebag from the Sears and Robot catalog. And besides the horse, I think that was the only thing she purchased. She talked about tying up the stuff. She pretty much took her belongings, her entire belongings with her because her farm was gone. Uh, everything she could tie on that poor horse, she did. And, and with pieces of twine because she couldn't even afford, like, I don't know, leather straps. She talked about how she would ride along the road, hoping she'd find a leather strap that she maybe could use. Um, But as she went along, what was so heartwarming is that she started to develop a following and she was kind of like a a viral sensation of the time. And people started helping her and they started giving her presents and giving her places to stay in their homes and uh, putting up uh, Tarzan in the stables and giving her grain and bran mash and apples. And, and it's really that's one of the most fun parts of the story to see how that how that went along
3: right right was there a significance of her leaving Maine in November that just seems like an odd time to to be
0: wild. I don't know oh, if huh? I was leaving Maine I'd want to get out in November too to be honest <laughs> <laughs> Well, exactly
5: well, you know it was just it's this woman she had a sixth grade education I mean she knew a lot about farming. You know how that is? Mm-hmm. You, you know More than we would ever learn from books. I mean, she knew a lot. She was no dummy. But she didn't know very much about the world. And she lived on a kind of a rural back road, end of a dirt road in a small town. And she knew if she went south, it would get warmer. She kept talking about going to Pennsylvania um, and how Pennsylvania would be warmer. And I think you have to be from Maine to think that Pennsylvania
0: is... <laughs> yeah, I grew up there. It's pretty cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think... I, I, I we, we're running out of time here, but I think that she had an advantage over Grandma Gatewood, too, and Grandma Gatewood was hiking a marked path. You know, mm-hmm. she, she didn't really need a map. You know, you just go to Georgia and you hike to get to Maine. Um, but, you know, she was on these roads. She didn't know where the heck she was going. Uh,
5: no, I mean, well, you know, she was going to the next town over. I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> she would
5: stop somebody and say, hey, do you know where the next town is? And, I did wonder about that a lot. Eventually, she did get maps. She would navigate with these gas station maps. But there's a map in the book. I have, there are maps in the book that kind of trace her journey. And then when you get to the end, it shows her entire route. And when you see the entire route, it will just crack you up. Because the way that she went to California has not is the, not the route that anyone who was thinking about where they were going would go. I mean, she kind of meandered all over the place and, and eventually came into California from the extreme northeast corner, which is absolutely remote way up in the mountains and bears there and wild horses. So, um, so that too, you know, there wasn't, uh, but, but in those days, you know, there was enough people that would say, well, I know somebody just down the road. Why don't you ask for, you know, the Brown
3: family when you get there. And, uh, and that's kind of how she made her way across. You know, if she went from Maine to Tennessee to Northern California, that's a really long way <laughs> to get there. She went like 5,000 miles. Um, wow. So not even
5: 3,000 miles. She didn't – the most direct route would be to follow what is present-day I-80, which wasn't really even finished then. That was the, the yeah. old Lincoln Highway.
0: All right. Yeah. got to stop you two authors. Let's let people read the book to get the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's called "The Ride of Her Life." Uh, Elizabeth Letts is the author, and we'll put links to it, of course, in our show notes today. I have it in my hand, and bringing it along next week as we do our travels because we're going to have time have time to read. I can't wait to read it.
3: Me either. I just ordered well, it while you. we've been talking. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, thank you guys so
5: much for having us having me on. It's always the most fun place that I get to go. Oh, I well, really thanks, love Elizabeth.
0: We appreciate it's that. Great. We'll keep writing cool books and we'll have you on. We'll have you on anyway. You come on anytime you want. All right. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Elizabeth. All
5: right. All right. Take care. All right. Have Bye-bye. a great trip, Gun. Thanks. Bye.
0: Well that was fun. Uh, it's always oh, fun yeah. to have her on. She's she's just she's she you know, a lot of authors aren't real good speakers, but she is. You know? She is. Yeah. She
3: is. And and you know, the research that she has to have done for that book has is just has to be so in depth. I'm, I just. I'm I was so looking
0: at the citations yeah. in the back of the book, and yeah, the citations are like twenty pages long. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> I, <can imagine. laughs> I mean, just like the citations alone. First of all, I would never be this organized to have all these citations, but I mean, every source that she used to, for this book is is listed back here. Yeah, so yeah. she she did some looking.
3: <laughs> she did. She did. Well, it just sounds uh, fabulous. I hope everybody will go get it.
0: Well, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation, which is HHYF, has been in existence since 1976, offering hands-on activities, scholarships, and educational resources to get kids interested in horses and harness racing. Camps are offered to kids with and without horse experience. It gives them the opportunity to learn about horses and racing, and uh, HHYF actually owns a stable of five horses that travel. They travel all over. A lot of times, I think this year is on the East Coast, and you can go there to their website, and if you have a child that you think might be interested in learning a little bit about horses and harness racing, and I hear rumor that they actually get to drive a little bit if they're up for it, um, and they can go to one of these clinics this summer. They didn't have them last year, obviously, but this year they they're, they're doing one-day clinics. So go to hhyf.org, check out the schedule. I think they can be any age from like I, I believe it's 10 or 12 on up to like 16 or 17 years old. It's It has all that information on the website. But, uh, you know, a lot of the people that went through these classes with the foundation are now lawyers and politicians and musicians and firefighters and yoga instructors and all kinds of things. So go check it out today. If you have a child or grandchild that might be interested, hhyf.org, and see if they're coming to a place near you. And now it's time for Dogs in the Morning.
1: Dogs in the Morning.
0: Well, I have James back with me for Dogs in the Morning, our regular segment here on Horses in the Morning, talking about our canine friends. And of course, James is with the Dog Podcast Network, and we're going to talk about one of his other shows today that we've only touched on in the past, and we're going to talk a little bit about cancer and our puppies. Hi, James. Good morning, Glenn. How are
2: you? It's great to be here again.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you. And I have to say that this is a topic, obviously, near and dear to my heart, having gone through a cancer scare last year, Yeah, but I think to everybody that gets told they have cancer or they're told their animals have cancer goes to the immediate reaction is I'm going to die tomorrow. Um, and I did,
2: you know, we all go, we all do. It's a natural thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's not true with dogs, is it? It, well, it's not true with people, is it? Glenn? No, it's I true. Mean, yeah. W- when when I her- first heard that you were diagnosed and I saw that on Facebook, my heart melted. But I also knew that you know there are so many things. And I followed your progress on the show and and you know on, on social media. And you are a gem as you as you know in in the podcasting community. And you definitely showed that you really can kick cancer's butt. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily know that is equally true with dog cancer. And cancer for dogs is the number one killer of dogs. One in three dogs gets cancer. It's the the biggest killer of of dogs. It's shocking. I thought cars Uh, were... (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> nope. And shelter euthanasia is a close one. Uh, but, you know, if you have a dog who reaches the age of 10, the odds are 50-50 that the dog is going to die of cancer. Wow. And certain breeds like golden retrievers and boxers, the death rate due to cancer is 75%. Whoa. Yeah. It's scary. And that's why if you have one of those dogs or any type of dog and you get this diagnosis, there's so many things you can do and uh for almost a decade now i've been focusing on that uh and we have this this podcast uh, dog cancer answers that helps people who have questions about dog cancer get vetted advice cuz you know people go to dr google all the time right you know you're like
0: and and when I you know? read dr google you're going to die tomorrow
2: Yeah, Yeah. whether you're going to die tomorrow or you just take a little Eye of Newt and, you know, um, (laughs) and and some magic pixie dust and you'll be fine. So it's neither of those things. Uh, It's just uh, and there's a lot of really vetted information. And so our approach has always been to. Uh, promote veterinarians who are in the, what we call the full spectrum approach. So we have oncologists and we have holistic veterinarians and we have people who, who pull something from all areas of dog cancer. Um, Nutrition is super important. Like one of the first things that you can do if you get a dog cancer diagnosis is to change your dog's meal. And so there's a whole bunch of stuff related to dog cancer diet that that we talk about on, on the show. Uh, we have a a free PDF about that. Um, they're just, and it's basically about giving people food as opposed to like high carbohydrate kibble, which is what a lot of people feed their dogs.
0: So, so I've been told my dog has cancer. First of all, don't panic. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, but then the next step is to ask my local veterinarian for referral.
2: Not necessarily. Okay, so this is the thing. So you'd figure that with cancer being as prevalent as it is in the United States, we would have thousands of veterinary oncologists. Well, at last count in the United States and Canada, all of North America, there are about 400 veterinary oncologists, which is nothing compared to the 6 million dogs that are diagnosed in the United States alone every year with cancer. So. You know, uh, it's always good to refer out if you possibly can. But a lot of people, a, can't afford it. Some people, and I bet a number of your listeners, live in communities where there is no. Yeah, they really there's, out the in a, yeah, yeah. I live in a state where there's no one. Or in order to get to the oncologist, you'd have to fly on an airplane. I mean, it's just like absurd. And and so there are things that you can do, obviously in consultation with your veterinarian, that you can do. Um, that don't require you doing chemotherapy or radiation or surgery. That's about $8,000 if you go that conventional route. And there are just things that you can do that are both a lot less invasive and a lot less expensive, but it really all depends on what your veterinarian says because each type of cancer is so different and there are different things you want to do because you want to take into account. The age of the dog and the type of cancer and the staging of the cancer. How early did you detect it? Just like with human cancer. Um, you want to look at uh the, the the all the the factors that are more personal to you. Like, are you the kind of person who would do anything for your horse or your dog, like any expense, or are you more focused on quality of life and a lot of people are interested in quality of life how old is the dog do you want to you know do everything you possibly can for a 15 year old dog that is already a year past its average expected life
0: you have a show talk to us about the show that you have that covers all of these things
2: this is a weekly show it started years ago um and it, it's uh it's called dog cancer answers we have veterinarians who are uh, as i said some are like uh Veterinary oncologists, some are full spectrum veterinarians, basically people who are experts who we bring on and answer listener questions. Because when you have, when you have cancer, it gets so scary and you have so many different questions and there's so much conflicting information out there. You don't know who to trust. So we have assembled a team of real experts uh it's connected with a, a book that is the best-selling animal health book sponsored by a book that is the best-selling animal health book in the, the english language it's called the dog cancer survival guide and it really is about giving people answers to uh, help them make sure that their dog can uh, have the best quality of life and perhaps even beat cancer
0: well, you can find that at com. So if you're in a situation where you're dealing with this or you've just been told, uh, this is the first place you want to go. Go and I see the back catalogs here. I mean, you can go take a look at, you can find it on any podcast player. Again, it's called Dog Cancer Answers. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know this isn't the, uh, you know, this isn't the happy, happy topic for Friday, but it's an important topic.
2: We, we, you know, at Dog Podcast Network, we try to cover all sorts of things and normally, Glenn, you and I talk about the fun yeah. stuff that appears on dog edition, but this show is really one of our most listened to shows because it's one of those shows that I, I hate to say it. Like, I hate to have to, that you're listening to the show, but if you're listening to the show, there's a reason. You need and to be so listening to the show. so that's what Dog Cancer yeah. Answers is about. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, uh, and I also encourage everybody. Uh, that it's colon awareness time, so definitely go out and get checked. If now they're saying if you're over forty five years old yourself, you should mm-hmm. go have a colonoscopy or do the mail in one. Either one. Oh, uh, I like it,
2: the mail in one much better.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I hope you do it and uh, make sure that you're safe. And if something's going on with you personally, you catch it early. But in the meantime. If you're worried about your puppy, then go to DogCancerAnswers.com.
2: If you ain't met one by now, you're bound to sooner or later. He says one thing and he means another, but hey, he can't help it. He's a horse trader. Horse trading. Well, it's a laissez-faire. Let the buyer beware. Horse trading. They tell a low-down lie with a sincere stare. Horse trading. Well, if the talking in circles and the D lane square, he's a master in the fine art of persuading. The horse trading.
0: That's right. It is time for Really Bad Ads. That time of the week when listeners submit ads and we just have a little bit of fun with them. They usually find them on Craigslist or Facebook or someplace like that. And uh, we always give away prizes and the prizes are provided by horselovers.com. Go there for all of your horse shopping needs. I actually saw my wife shopping for riding breeches. She's been on a riding breeches kick here lately. Um, (laughs) I, I don't blame her. I mean, she's had the same pairs of riding breeches for 10 years. She's one of those, you know.
3: It's time. Yeah. It's time. There's,
0: I yeah. think there's horsewomen that keep the riding breeches they like for 10 years and don't buy new ones. And then there's people, there's horsewomen that love buying new ones every year. Yes. I think that, yeah, I think you're probably the 10 year type.
3: I am. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or longer. I think I've had something <laughs> longer. You get your than favorite that. ones, right? I do. Yeah. yeah. Until yeah. they have holes in them. <laughs> so. Well, a few, but yeah. you know.
0: <laughs> so, the go to horse get your breeches today get all the other products they have like 160,000 products they're one of the largest online stores and great prices and they provide these products every month and the first product tell everybody about the first product and we're actually going to give them away today so i'm going to get the spreadsheet up and i'm going to look at at the winner winning numbers that i had auditors pull while you're telling them about the first product
3: so the first prize is the rambo Natura Summer Sheet and it offers superior protection from coat fading, UV rays, and insects. Boy, I could use one of those uh, for <laughs> all of our horses. You know, use <laughs> one for me. <laughs> it's made with an outer fabric to provide excellent breathability and coverage from the sun. And the cut makes it particularly suitable for broader horses, as it offers the ultimate in shoulder freedom and movement due to the patented split technology. Split technology. Okay, there we go. There's a there's a little. Um, little blooper for you
0: and that's $160 value so that's very cool yeah so what I did is I posted in the auditor room this morning that I need somebody to pick three numbers and the first person to pick three numbers would be the numbers I would use and Angelina was the one that picked three numbers so I, I'm gonna Thanks get it looking at the spreadsheet here and she picked number 16 is the first one so the winner of the Rambo summer sheet is Brooklyn Moore Brooklyn, congratulations, Uh, you won. Uh, You'll be getting contacted by Horse Lovers, and they'll have you pick out your size and stuff. So look for that. Congratulations, Brooklyn. I think she submits a lot. The second prize is a $150 gift certificate for Gatsby Nylon products. You choose from halters, grooming totes, trailer ties, and so much more. And any of the Gatsby Nylon products on horselovers.com, you just go pick $150 worth, and you get to win them. And uh, that's a terrific prize because you get exactly what you want and yep. the second number on the list was 130 so looking and that, at
3: that that is rebecca john yes that's
0: right rebecca john that is correct uh so she's an i think she's an auditor too so congratulations rebecca you're a winner of a 150 fifty dollar gift certificate and what was the third one
3: so the third one is the abrazo hug fly sheet and it's a light Weight fly sheet and it's got the hug closure system, the bias ser singles, removable leg straps, and a tail flap. And the design allows your horse to eat grass and graze without the blanket binding, and it minimizes shoulder rubs, wither pressure, and all of those other things that are caused by traditionally styled blankets.
0: And this is a hundred, or this was a eighty dollar value, I believe. And I'm going to look here at number 100 was the third number. And we have Alicia Sky was the winner of that. So congratulations, Alicia. I'm sure you can use that. So uh, as I said, horselovers.com is the place that provides all these. So please support our sponsors. We appreciate that. And they will be in touch with you uh, in the next week or two about your prizes and get them out to you. But now it's time to do some really bad ads. Now, we don't always get to all the really bad ads, so Roxana and Debbie and Hannah and Claire and Deidre and Lynn and Karen and Rebecca, we, di- we just didn't have time to get to yours, but you were put into the drawing, so uh, even if we don't get to your ads, you're in the drawing for sure. You get double the credit if you submit your own voicemails reading your own ads, so let's take a listen. It looks like we have Laura coming
3: up first.
6: This is Laura Berry from Fallon, Nevada. Hi, Laura. My mom's here visiting from Hi, Southern mom. California. And I was telling her a little bit about the New Zealand accent challenge, <laughs> which has not been fulfilled yet. <laughs> and she said that she can do a New Zealand accent. Oh, goody. So here is my mom.
3: Hi there. Yeah, this, my name's Colette. I'm from Southern California. And some of my family's from New Zealand, my extended family. And so the last time I heard it when I was I was about like seven, and they're out of Auckland. So this is how I normally talk. So I just have to t- 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 say a couple words to get myself kind of set, and then I'll try reading this ad as best I can in a New Zealand a- in a New Zealand accent as I remember it. So here oh, we I'm go. So excited. New Zealand, <laughs> New Zealand, wetter, wetter, wetter. I purchased a horse on the phone without looking at him. For, ah, let's start again. I purchased a horse on the phone without looking at him first for eight hundred dollars. The horse has a small spick in his left eye, blind. It is my fault. I should have looked before saying I do. The horse is otherwise okay. We use him in the feedlot. Please make me an offer. Trade-ins are okay. Thank you.
0: <laughs> very well done. <laughs> wow,
3: she Yay. should get like like quadruple points for the accent.
0: Yes. <laughs> We've been waiting for somebody to do the Australia New Zealand accent for a very oh, long time, so thank she you, did Mom. Great.
3: Yeah, mom she did came great. through. <laughs> so, uh, our next one, Glenn, I think is from Anna Albinson. Um, and uh, this is uh, the ad says Missouri horse. What is the cheapest non gated 14 three hands high mares near Oren, Missouri? I'm hoping for an, oh goodness, a a-P-O-L-S-S-A or a paint or the right horse. Can anyone help me out? <laughs> for less than $300. That knows Barrels and Poles and is other horses and pet friendly looking for recommendations.
0: That's a lot to ask for $300. <laughs>
3: Just. Yeah, yeah, a lot for, for 300 I like the uh, Apulsa. Yeah,
0: Apulsa. You know? I like that Apulsa. they'll take an Apulsa or paint or really anything else.
3: <laughs> or, or the right horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. It has, just As has to be under 300 The paints weren't the right horse is kind of the way that reads.
0: Uh, the next one was sent in by Michelle, and it's very short ad. It says, <clears throat> horse grooming items and riding boots, $20. And then the ad reads, I have some riding boots and some horse grooming items for sale, $20 for all. Lisa, could you care to tell everybody what the <laughs> picture's of? <laughs>
3: the photo is of three blue 50-gallon barrels. <laughs> <laughs> What in the world?
0: <laughs> you think they uploaded the wrong picture, maybe?
3: I don't know. I don't know. You know, sometimes they'll say photo for attention, but holy cow.
0: <laughs> you could have put a picture of the riding boots, maybe. That would have exactly. helped. Uh, probably helped sell them, I would think. Uh, yes. Oh, and yes. we love it when Lorene sends her ads in from New Jersey. No really bad ads is complete without Lorene.
6: Hi, good morning. This is Lorene Barden, and I'm going to read...
0: She's always driving in the car, and the turn signal is always on, because apparently in New Jersey, you always have to turn.
6: A really bad ad, and um, this is a chicken ad for all you chicken people. And the ad is from
3: San Antonio.
0: Do you think she's reading this while she's driving?
3: That, that's my... <laughs> That's my thought. That's where my brain was going. I'm like a little nervous for her right now.
0: She's driving in freaking New Jersey traffic
3: with her turn signal on.
0: With the maybe it's her four ways
3: because she's going like 10
0: miles an hour because she has to read an ad and talk to us at the same time.
6: We, we can hope. <laughs> my ratio has gone off kilter again. Very hard to choose, but my hands need to get GED. Some of these boys off their backs, exclamation point. None of these boys are mean. I never look behind my shoulder. The solid white slash yellowish one, parentheses ones, is, parentheses are, an Amberlink cross Amberlink. That must be a chicken thing. I don't know. But their mother was the best chicken I ever had. And his father has been the dutiful king of the roost for some time now. I'm trying to move away from so much white in my flock. I have two brothers. The red one is a production red. I bought him as a chick. He stays in the outer periphery of my flock. He's the most aloof, but not mean. Please text the number. I've had emails get so buried. And that's
3: it. That's the whole ad. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye, Lorene. I like the sound effects of the New Jersey Turnpike.
0: Am I the only one that was just waiting for the crash uh, and couldn't focus on the ad? I just kept waiting for (laughs) screeching tires or something.
3: I know. It is New Jersey. Well, you know, it sounded like maybe she had edited it there a little bit, so maybe she edited that out. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Lorraine, you just had us worried the whole time you were driving. I know. Uh, know. Maybe she wasn't driving. Maybe she was in the passenger seat. Let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, By the way, I'm going to throw this out there. New Jersey is one of the most awful states to drive in. (laughs) It really is. Mary sent this one in. Two-horse trailer full of scrap metal. $123. (laughs) Uh, Uh, the trailer cannot be towed as is. It is filled with about 300 pounds of scrap metal. I'm looking at this picture, and it is filled to the top. 300 pounds it of is. scrap metal. It, it, and have more scrap metal than we could add to it or throw in the back of your truck. Oh, they want you to take the scrap metal, too. The horse trailer does not have a title or a bill of sale or anything. It's just scrap metal. It was left on the property when we bought it, and it's one of those two horse round-fronted horse trailers that we've seen a million times, and it's rusted to a core, the tires are flat, and it's absolutely filled with scrap metal.
3: And so, it has some kind of, what, rack on the top with scrap metal on top? Yes. So it <laughs> so it you get is, that with it. You get it with it. I don't know,
0: know exactly For how you're going to get it out of the property, but there no, you
3: go. $123. It's all yours. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, Glenn, you always give me the ads with with the really interesting pronunciations. I do. So I'm going to give this a go. There's a reason for
0: that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure sure you hate me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do it to Um, Jamie, too. So you're not alone.
3: I know. know. So this one was sent in by Faye. It says, horse, $5,000. This beautiful female is available for other experienced children. She has her registration in the West Pony is Dosey with the Children. No idea. I the the registration in the West Pony is Dosey with the children. Yes. Did you say how much they want
0: for this horse?
3: <laughs> Five thousand dollars, and and so the photo you it's you see an English saddle on this pony, um, but you see it from the front of the saddle to the back of the horse.
0: You don't see the, like, the front end no.
3: of the horse or the face? It doesn't or, have a face. No, no or a back <laughs> Or a or front legs. Or. You
0: get a half a horse or 5000 You want the other half, You that's another 5000
3: Oh my goodness. <laughs>
0: Alicia, oh, who won the prize? Uh, yes. Alicia sent this one in. Uh, Glenn, they could sell that fifth wheel for big bucks in Ocala. Oh, well, maybe I ought to read the ad then. The ad uh, and look at the photo. Horse buggies, $200. Two single-drawn horse buggies both need work downsizing and get rid of clutter. Feel free to make an offer. These are not horse buggies. They're remnants of horse buggies. They're remnants
3: oh of horse God. buggies. They're just scrap. <laughs> one looks like it could have been like a hay wagon Maybe. at one point. But Maybe. It had wheels. Uh, well, you'd have to have that, too. The other one's yeah. a pony wagon that is filled with the scrap metal that the other person <laughs>
0: didn't have room for. <laughs> exactly,
3: <laughs> and there's all kinds of like it looks like like trash and trash. Um, boards and things that you could load up and take with you too.
0: This is one of those farms you drive by and you just stare at it because it's yes. so full of trash.
3: <laughs>
0: American pickers, this is the farm they go to. This is
3: American pickers. Yes, yep. yes. You know they would have to work to have this much trash around these <laughs> places. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Sarah sent this next one in, um, Australian Riding Pony, $1,500 negotiable.
0: Oh, she's from Australia too, Sarah.
3: She is. Look at the email address. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a, a real Australian Riding Pony. You have to
0: do it with the accent, you know.
3: Uh no, 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 no. <laughs> so, really, you, truly, you do not want me to hear me do accents, so...
0: <laughs> you don't even do South very well, and you live in Tennessee. I don't,
3: I don't, and I don't even do Minnesotan all that well, either, so, <laughs> well, I'm from there, so, yeah. Um, so, Tani is... Tani, a 18-year-old Australian riding pony and hasn't had heaps of work due to a very hectic life schedule. Don't let his age get you. He has more than plenty of life and energy, and he has a lot of energy. Tani, spelled differently than from the first time mentioned, stands at roughly 12'2 hands high and has a few quirks with him. He don't like to be wormed, so we use worm pellets and is not a fan of getting the float. He gets along well with other horses. He is very energetic and can go all day, so we suit a teenager that has done a lot of riding or a short adult would make a great games pony as he loves to move he is not registered that lapsed a long time ago happy to answer any question as i can one sentence okay
0: i have a pony that's about that size and anytime you read that he likes to go and you need an experienced teenager that means he bolts this is <laughs> the bolting boltingiest australian riding pony ever because they yes. mentioned that about five times.
3: About five times. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Who also doesn't like to be warmed and doesn't like to have his teeth floated, and nobody has worked with him in years no, or, is, or three decades. How
0: much is it? 1500 <laughs> I think the negotiable price is about
3: $100. That's there you guess. go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. And, and there's no photo either.
0: Yeah. So. I have one of those phonies. He used to be. Now he's not. Now he's better. No. Uh, Amy sent this one in, and I don't know where this is. Um, casually looking for our second Morgan to add to our family forever home. We are the type of horse owners uh, owners that go above and beyond horses. Always come first, must be safe, sane and well, broke beginner, safe fit, Healthy and sound, all in capital letters. No crusty neck, metabolic Morgans need apply. I thought that's all there was, actually, with Morgans. Most Morgans <laughs> I've ever seen are big necks. Uh, taller the better. Morgans, you always can say one thing about Morgans. They're easy keepers. Um, taller the better, mare or gelding. Older horses welcome. Nothing under eight. Forrest and I would like to be able to bring friends and family along with us when we ride. Who's Forrest?
3: I think is Forrest her other Morgan? Cause she said she's looking for her second
0: one. Oh, oh, gotcha. Okay. I thought maybe her husband's maybe. name I is don't Forrest. Know. It could it could
3: <laughs> be. it could be her dog. I don't yeah. know.
0: <laughs> Please reach out if you know of one. We are in no hurry. Having a Harris Grunden Morgan personal ranch horse, I am going to be picky. Please be respectful and don't inquire and snatch potential horses from my post. Thank you. Go no stealing her <laughs> Morgan horses.
3: <laughs> what I think is also very interesting about this is just about every sentence ends with an exclamation point. Yes,
0: and she's picky. Um, and Harris Grunden Morgan. Now she didn't know say. At least she. I was really expecting the last sentence to say, "And I'm willing to spend up to three hundred dollars." Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting that. She forgot to put that part in there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good ads today, people. Good ads. Thanks for sending them in. We really appreciate it. Well read there, Lisa, and well read uh, to uh, to Loreen and also to Laura and Laura's mom. Thank you, Colette. I think her name was. Yes. So and Colette, uh, you, you, your New Zealand was spot on. Uh, well, although was. I think we're probably going to hear some from uh, some of our New Zealand listeners who are arguing <laughs> that point. I don't know. <laughs> if you would like to get in touch with us, you can go to our website, HorsesInTheMorning.com. If you'd like to listen to all the past episodes, you can do it there. Lisa has a whole bunch of books you can read. Where can you find yeah. those?
3: Yeah, com, and Wysocki is W-Y-S-O-C-K-Y.
0: She has this new spiffy website. It's very easy to find stuff. And if you have never listened to Lisa or read Lisa's books, you need to because Horses in the Morning and Jamie and I are in the books.
3: Yes. Yes. All except the first one. Um, And actually, Jamie has a a significant role in the most recent one, The Rain Equation, R-E-I-N, The Rain Equation. And Jamie could possibly be a murderer.
0: Yes, she could. And, if you know, you could read that book without having read the others, too. I you think. could yeah that's yes. a standalone yeah that could yes. be a standalone book i think yes you could yeah, yeah. matter of fact all so. of them are kind of that way i mean it would yeah. help to yeah. know the story but you could read them without doing that yes but so if you want to get right to jamie being a murderer go to book four uh, that's actually equations. book
3: five. Oh, book five oh five yeah the rain equation the main equation was set at canterbury oh, uh that's racetrack right. and that's that's book four so it's, I, you but you guys so were there i keep, keep up <laughs> you, got, you guys you guys were there you were in the book so oh, yeah i forgot yeah. about
0: that i forgot we were there
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fiction, fantasy, yeah, fact.
0: Yeah, we've been doing this a long hard. time. I can't tell what's real or not anymore. <laughs> all right. So Monday, everybody, we will be coming to you live from Aiken Saddlery in Aiken, South Carolina. It, what's fascinating about that is the woman who runs it, uh, who I met online, actually, and we've been friends for a little while now, name it her name is Amy Hebert. My last name is Hebert, and I have two relatives named Amy Hebert. So, no way. yes. Wait,
3: wait, 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 wait. So, any relation to this? No, we Hebert? don't think
0: so. We don't, we're not sure. Um, oh, there's not a lot of Heberts in the country, and most of us were no. Can- Canucks at one time. And actually, my dad did a lot of work on our ancestry, and we were related to the first registered Canadian citizen, was last name of a Hebert. And apparently, we descended from that Hebert.
3: Seriously, yeah. you have to do like a DNA thing or something. That's just too coincidental. Yeah, and That's they're all bizarre. French,
0: you know, Canadian, Canucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, my mom spoke fluent French with my grandparents. Uh, and I could always wow. tell when they were talking about us because, you know, they're kind of <laughs> looking over at just saying all these French words. Um, I still don't, I took French in high school. I still don't know any French. I flunked, I flunked <laughs> out of French so bad. I was terrible.
3: Oh, uh, your grandparents would have been um, horrified.
0: I wanted to understand what they were saying, which is why I took it. What I didn't know is French is damn hard to learn.
3: Uh, yeah, I can imagine.
0: I picked one of the hardest wow. languages. I could have took Spanish.
3: <laughs> so, you could have. Yeah. Hindsight. Was. Yeah. And I didn't do very well <laughs> at English, so
0: I wasn't gonna learn French. Uh and, and there were cute girls in the class and that kind of ruined it too. So Oh uh,
3: you know, yeah. You know. Distractions.
0: Yeah. The only reason I took typing was there are cute girls in the class, and I still can't type really? either. So ah kind yeah, of a trend there. there. <laughs> Big trend. <laughs> I w- come to think about it, I have 30 co- 30 hosts on the Horse Radio Network that are all very pretty women. So, I do have a trend.
3: You do have a trend, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny.
0: <laughs> Jennifer's away oh, right geez. now. <laughs> <laughs> i married um, one too so there yes, you did. yes, yes i you did. did thank you yes. everybody for joining us thank you lisa for filling in we appreciate it we'll be on the road next week we're looking forward to meeting some of you and coming to you from various places next week oh i'm supposed to play the closing music hold on i gotta there find go. It. Yeah, <laughs> there we go hold on auditors we'll be back with a post show